Hello, my friends. On today's episode, I have for you a Skype call with my mom where we discuss extremely bad babysitters, my mom's haunted house, raising an independent, very stubborn child in the 90s, and she gives her description of what it was like to find out that she hired a murderer to watch her child. So this episode is going to cover somewhat of a sensitive subject uh, matter because it does involve the harm of a child, so just be warned of that. We didn't go into a lot of graphic uh, detail about the murder, but I just wanted to give my listeners a heads up. So I hope you enjoy this talk with my mom and I. Thanks. Okay, I want to talk about my murdering babysitter. Okay, just ask me questions and answer, honey. Well, just make it as fun as you can. I will. I will. I'll, okay. I'll, should I have a shot of whiskey before I start this? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to start, okay? Okay. Okay. Let's go for it, baby. Oh, my God. Okay. So I'm here with my mom, my mama face. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to talk about Marilee Brown. And when I tell people that I have a babysitter that murdered a child, people don't usually believe me. And then they usually think, like, where was your mother? And so, like, obviously, you were a single mom and you did everything that you could, obviously, to work hard and make sure that I had fruits and veggies while you ate peanut butter sandwiches. And working moms, working single young moms obviously need child care. So where, how did you find Marilee Brown? I placed an ad in the Brandon Sun. Okay. Now you have to remember this was 29 years. Don't, ago. don't fucking say when it was, cause I will punch you. <laughs> Do not say the year. <laughs> <laughs> this was a long time ago. Anyway, get back on subject here. That's how you did things. We didn't have the daycare then and the opportunities that you do now. Okay, so I placed an ad, interviewed tons of people, and she came across, at the time, a very bright, caring little young woman. She wasn't a big girl. She was young. She was cute. She interviewed I had her, had you with me she came to the house or the yeah. apartment had at the time she was just a really nice girl I phoned her references they were very good mm-hmm. she was great with kids and for all intents and purposes I mean she was really good with you yeah how old was she um like was she like in her was she a teenager was she in her 20s she was 18 or 19 okay um, yeah, she was just, she was young. She was happy. She was somebody I wanted, I thought would be great around you because she, she cared about you. She yeah. Open. And as I said, she came highly recommended. I phoned her references. Yeah. And you said like, she probably babysat me for about six months or so, right? Probably. Yeah. And you said, so you said that she would like, she would dress me up. She would buy toys and little outfits for me. <laughs> have to tell her I would pay her every two weeks when I got paid she was paid every two weeks I would pay her and she'd get paid on a Friday Monday morning she would come and she would have something for you oh wow she always she was yes she was just buying you things you were all always always really happy to see her kids if 
they'll show you if something's wrong. And I, I, I was protective over you. Yeah. You would see her in the morning and you'd be thrilled. Absolutely and thrilled, d- Marilyn. Did she, so when she babysat me, did she babysat me at our place or her place? No, she came to my apartment. I I always tried to have people come to me, mainly mm-hmm. because it was easier for me than having to drag you to sitters and whatever. You were just happier in your own home. But no, she would come the house would be clean. If there was, there's was never any mess. She'd never leave your toys out. If I had left dishes in the sink from breakfast, they would be done. Like it's not yeah. that she was paid to do it. She was just, a, she was, she was a decent young woman. Wow. So she, she never gave you any reason to think like something is off here. No, no. Because if she had have given me a reason, she wouldn't have babysat you. I was, yeah. When it came to you, I was really paranoid. Oh, I, I bet crazy but yeah I was just super protective because you're my baby didn't want anything to happen to you I wanted you to have a happy healthy life Mm -hmm. and she just seemed ideal she was she was a really nice girl okay so and then so you said she babysat me for about six months and then uh, when I talked to you about this before you said that she kind of just decided that maybe she was a little bit tired of babysitting and just decided she didn't want to do it anymore. And you said, I think I wrote down some notes from when we talked before about it. And you said that she, I was around three or so, or was I a little bit younger? Cause I'm sure like if, you know, when kids are that young, they can be, they're probably a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. No, you, okay. I don't know what year this happened. I don't remember. Do you remember what year that it happened that Mm, I don't have it up. I might, I'm going to find it after and maybe put in some notes at the end of the podcast. But there is an article in the Brandon Sun about it, but I can't look at it because you have to have a membership and I'm not paying $50 to read it. <laughs> so, um, but there is an article and I, I want to say that the article is from around 1987-ish where it says that she was convicted. So you were close to probably two, around two or so between, yeah, between year or between a year and two. And I obviously must have been a good kid because I made it through. Yeah, no, she was really like when I asked her why she was giving notice and, and she didn't quit on the like she didn't quit right away. She didn't sit, come Friday, tell me Friday I'm quitting. I'm not coming in on Monday. She gave me two weeks notice. Oh, wow. Like, OK. She didn't just decide one morning not to come into work she gave me two weeks notice like she was she was a responsible girl so she gave me time to get some you know get somebody else and make other arrangements or whatever yeah I I just didn't for me and for you she was really good okay so and then she I guess she just decided like she didn't want to babysit anymore exactly she said all her life she had babysat from the time she was old enough to that's how she earned extra money babysat she took care of kids she loved kids she said she loved kids but she needed a break and I don't blame her I mean that's (laughs) I don't blame her (laughs) yeah having a daycare for a couple of years I don't blame her okay so she quit you obviously found another sitter and went on how long after she stopped babysitting me. Was it until the cops came to talk to you? Oh, a year, two years. And they came to your work? Yes. That must have been kind of scary. (laughs) 
you know, I'll be honest with you. I will never forget that. Never. So what happened? You were, okay. So I'm working. I was working in the back room. I worked retail. I was working in the back room. I was called out onto the floor. This is, this manager said there was somebody here to see me. And I walk out there and there's these two really big men. We're looking at them and they had suit and ties on because they were the detectives, but they were, they were really big and they both flashed their badges and all I can think of, Oh my God, what have I done? Oh no. (laughs) What did I do? You know? And I haven't been, I mean, as a teenager and younger, whatever, before I got pregnant with you, I may not have been a saint, but I thought, I don't deserve the detectives showing up or whatever. And then we talked to you in private. So I took them to the staff room in the back of the store. And he says, how do you put it? What's your relationship with Marilee Brown? And at first I had to think about Marilee Brown, because this is almost two years. Marilee Brown. Oh, yeah, okay. She was my babysitter. I remember saying she was my babysitter. He says, you might want to sit down right away. I wish I could describe it. it. It would be like you had, this is, you took your pups to a daycare and they they love it. You decide, no, they're not going to be there anymore. They're going to go someplace else. Fine. Yeah. Every, like, life goes on. Then you get a call or somebody comes to you and says, we need to talk to you. You need to sit down. And you find out that all the time that your doggies have been at a daycare, they may have been abused. Yeah. Yeah. That I can't even imagine. You must have just been sick to your stomach. Oh my God, my stomach just fell. It was like, oh my God, what happened? What did she do, my my baby? That's all you think about is what happened. And you have all these scenarios going in your head. So I remember sitting down and he says, we need to ask you some questions. And then they asked me, like, what was she like? How long did she babysit for you? And, you know, so I told them and he, he said, I said, what happened? And he looked at the other cop that was with him. And that's when they they said she has been accused of. And I had read about it in the paper. Okay. Okay. Before that, never in a million years thought it was Marilee ever. Really? So, sorry, mom. Did they the article in the paper that you read? Because I I when I was trying to look it up. There was two, and I think that there's probably one more that doesn't mention a name. Like, I think that there's one that just says, like, child is, you know, was um, found dead at daycare or at home or babysitter being looked into or whatever. So that I'm guessing maybe that's one because I think there's one article first that didn't have a name. That's the one that I had read about a babysitter being accused of murdering this child in her home. Oh my God. And I never put in a million years, never, never in a million years would I put and put it to get two and two together. And he just started asking questions. Like he said, what was she like? What was her mental health? Like whatever. And I had to be like, I was honest with him. For you, she was amazing. And she was totally amazing. um, I was, I, yeah, I was really, really shocked it was her. That's crazy. And it was, and it did end up being her because there are, and she went to prison for, I think, what was it, 10 or 15 years? Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and find, I can only read the tiny blurb of the beginning of the newspaper articles and the rest you have to pay for. <laughs> I was like, I'm not paying $50 to read a piece of paper. She was great. And like she was, she was great. 
but it was just, I remember I had to go home after that. After they, I talked to him, I just looked at the manager. I said, listen, I have to go home. And she says, what's wrong? She says, what's happened? Is everything okay? Whatever. And I said, no, it's fine. I just need to go home. Yeah. And at that point in time, you were going to the university daycare. Okay. Which is a whole other story. <laughs> and oh, you. no. Oh, Why? We might have to save that about <laughs> for another time. Oh, because you were really bad. What? You were really bad. You weren't didn't get arrested or anything. Like, nothing to get arrested. Well, I no. hope not. I was a fucking baby. <laughs> I was in there, but you were just a little toad. Oh, thank you, Mother. I really appreciate that. We can, we'll get into that after then. We'll lighten, we'll lighten the mood at the end and you can tell a baby story. Um, okay, so without going into detail, because I don't want to, like, want to horrify people, but um, so Marilee... From your understanding and from what I was able to read in the small article, Marilee was babysitting a little boy and he wouldn't stop crying or something. That was her. Yeah, but was it a little boy? I thought it was a little girl. Oh, I thought the article said a little boy. Okay, well, she's babysitting a baby. Yeah. Okay. It was, I think there was two kids involved. Oh, no. no, she didn't. But I think they, the people had two kids. We won't say their names because I can't imagine living with that for the rest of your life. But she was babysitting basically from what I understand. And this is just from the rumor mill and whatever. Marilee basically had a psychotic breakdown. And I don't know if this is true. I don't know how much of, of this is true. What I heard was that she basically threw the baby against the wall. Oh my God. And he, it was like a little baby. Like it wasn't like a toddler. It was like a baby. We're talking baby. We're talking like under six months baby. Oh my God. That poor family. Oh, I, I can't imagine. Th- that's why when I, that's why I said when, after I talked to the police, I had to go home. I had to pick, I picked you up at the daycare and we went to the park and we went for ice cream <laughs> I wouldn't let you out of my sight. Yeah, I just remember hugging you to, so bad for, until you said, no more, my, no more. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I can't imagine like, and okay, so like not, you know, same subject, but a little bit different. She was definitely the worst babysitter for sure, for obvious reasons, but she wasn't bad with me, which is wonderful. But you did have one bad babysitter for us. Do you remember Shirley? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I remember her. And I mean, I was like I I was a kind of a latchkey kid at that point. So I didn't spend that much time at Shirley's house, but she was fucking crazy. She had locks on all the outsides of her kids doors, which maybe some people do. And that's like a normal thing. I don't know. But her daughter was the one that got murdered. Her older daughter, right, was murdered by her boyfriend and yeah. left in the house with her baby. Was, yeah. When that when that happened, was Shirley still babysitting Alice at that time or no? No, no, no. The, no. Shirley didn't be. I didn't have Shirley for that long. Thank um, God. Well, yeah, exactly. No, she was sort of an interim thing. But again, she was somebody, she babysat for a couple of people that I knew in the mall where I worked. Mm-hmm. I went to her. She was fine. Uh, when I went to the house, like her house was clean. Um, she had lots of toys. The 
the kids really liked her. Yeah. I remember shortly whenever I like I wasn't there often because I think I was more home by myself at that time. But I remember any time that she would feed the kids, all it was was a box of macaroni with a can of uh, corn and then cut up hot dogs. And like now when I see that, I just I like shiver (laughs) like people will post pictures of like, hey, do you remember macaroni and hot dogs? And it literally makes my stomach curl. I'm just like, oh, my God, that's all she fed children. See, and Alice was too little to say anything. Yeah. Well, by the time you were nine, you refused to go to daycare anymore. There was no way that was happening anymore. No, good old fucking early 90s. Hey, you could just get away with that shit. Well, you sort of followed orders, but you knew this is a job. We didn't live that far away from school. I had good neighbors who would keep an eye on you. Um, So that that was no big deal. Now, I mean, you would never do that. The world's different. The big thing. It's a different world. So I think I was was pretty mature for a kid, I think. Well, yeah, you were. We used to say you were four going on 40. Yeah. And now I'll never get to 40 because I'm going to be 29 forever. No, yeah, you were, you're just different. Like, I mean, you, you were, yeah, you were more mature. So like, what was I like as a child? Was I, I was obviously a fucking saint, clearly. No, you were so, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't know why I had another one, really. (laughs) But I was good. I played by myself. I didn't fucking bother anybody. No, no, you, you were, you didn't have, oh yeah, you could have wicked ass temper tantrums. That's for sure. Okay. Oh, no, go, go. You know what? Go back to the university daycare because I like to think that I was a fucking rock star at that daycare. Oh my God. No. Yeah. You were a rock star. All right. You're more like, um, Steve Tyler. Oh, thank you. He's got bracelets and scarves. I like that. Yeah. But he was also said him and uh, Joe Perry were the toxic twins. The only, oh, yeah. Okay. The story is he went to the university daycare. Really good daycare. It was hard to get into. There was quite a waiting list. But they were really good there. The only problem I had with it is they they used the kids, like the psychology students would come and watch the kids. Okay. And analyze them. And I know it's part of teaching and it's a university daycare, but that's why you left because it started to creep me out a little bit. Oh. Yeah. I, I just didn't want you being a guinea pig, you know. I, it just sort of like, yeah, that's why... I quit there. Anyway, it was a, like a decent place. It, they had great toys. They had instructors, whatever. You learned a lot. <laughs> but you know how you you tell people about spending so much time with your Nana yeah. on the farm? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lifestyle on the farm. It's a little bit more relaxed. If you're out checking the cattle or checking the crops or whatever sometimes the calls of nature happen you have a kid with you a little kid with you you just tell them to go in the bush yeah Roxanne and I had a pee puddle we just peed in it okay well there there you go okay so you're a little kid um you're about four four or five um no you'd be about four um because you weren't in school yet things are going well at the daycare I mean you seem to be enjoying it or whatever then the instructor the caregivers calls me aside one day and tells me that they have an issue with you that's been happening quite frequently for a little while. Okay. Okay. Why hasn't anybody mentioned anything before? You've never told me anything. And you would chatter like you were a chatterbox. 
when I pick you up at daycare, we would talk about your day all the way home and whatever. It was, which is great because you would just, you didn't keep secrets. Mm-hmm. You knew, I instilled in you is that you never keep a secret from mommy. And if you had a secret, tell mommy, promise she wouldn't get mad. Right. I think that we kept that until you married Dave. And then I think that went out the window. Yeah, it did. Anyway, another story. That's for, that's for later. We'll do a nice trauma episode. It'll be fun. We'll both cry through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, just a reminder not to listen to the Father's Day episode. Please and thank oh, you. Okay, I won't. No, no. Thank you. Oh, but people are going to think I'm such a cunt. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not going to think you're a cunt. They're going to think that you were a young single mom who had a man that wooed her and said all the right things and brought her flowers at work and brought her coffee and he had some money and everybody told you, oh, this guy's so good, so good, so good. And he knew exactly how to play the game. Like I've been to enough years of therapy to know that that is classic abuser behavior. It's so cla- that's textbook, mom. But you know what? I t- worked so hard before to keep my kids safe. And it, it just, uh, they, yeah, that it's a guilt I'm going to live with forever, honey. But forever. it's not your fault, mom. Like, it's not your fault. Anyway, this this isn't about that. Also, you need to go back to therapy. Maybe we should go together. But this isn't about that. So what was I doing? Was I pissing in the corner? What was I doing? So she I said, what is what's going on? Like, what's going what's happening? You know, is she misbehaving? And she then she's she grins a little bit. And this is a woman who'd been with the daycare and dealing with children for a very long time. So she's pretty much seen everything. And she grins a little and she's trying, you can tell that she's trying to be very serious about this and whatever. Okay. And says, well, Brittany has informed me today that she uh, spends a lot of time on a farm. And I said, yes, she stays, she goes to my parents' farm a lot. Um, I said, that's home. We go see my mom and dad. I said, they, she's the, like your first grandchild and they're very, she, they're very close. And she says, oh, well, Brittany, when we have playtime and you love being outside, um, when she has to go to the washroom, she's been going in our bushes. <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> yeah. One time Jared was in the bathroom and I fucking had to pee so bad. And he's like, oh, five more minutes. And I was like, you son of a bitch. And so I just went out where I didn't think the neighbors could see me and I peed by the fence. <laughs> So I don't think I ever grew out of that. But yeah, so, but apparently, yeah, anytime you had to pee, you just went behind the bush. You well, had I a mean, pathway and the, the lady, I don't remember her name, it's been too long, but she did, she did start to laugh after, like she yeah. laughed, she says, yeah, she, she just goes out. If she, someone's in the bathroom, she just walks outside and goes in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to ask you one more thing. This is a Mimosa Mystery Monday episode. So I just want to talk quickly about a couple ghost stories. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure, honey. My t- <laughs> what? My table keeps moving. Okay. So a ghost story will be fine. Like, oh, you said that. Is there anything else happening in the house? No. Do you know what? It's, I think it's Nana. Maybe. Well, no, because you know how I like the table, the dining room table, yeah. to be sort of in the middle of the yeah. walls. You know, what I mean? so it's in the middle. I don't know whether it's me moving it, but I don't think I move it. 
but I'll move it more to the middle. And a day later, I look and it's been moved over closer to the window. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's no, this how this I'm starting to get used to the bumps and whatever, but I try not to pay attention. Let's put it that way. So which but, is I sleep with audiobooks on, so I don't hear anything but the audiobook. Um, but didn't you tell me that you won't go in the basement by yourself at night? Right. Why? It's just creepy. <laughs> that basement is creepy. I have so many stories about stuff that happened in that basement. Please don't tell me, honey. Not I right won't. now. I won't. Because you're home alone. And too yeah. many places for ghosts to hide. I hear that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Take Bella with you. She'll protect you. I'll have to carry her up. She doesn't like stairs, remember? Yeah, she's too little for stairs. Um, okay, so did you have you ever lived in a haunted house besides for the one that you're currently living in? Let me think. The old farmhouse. Oh, I just really quickly, sorry to interrupt you, but I was talking to Auntie Val about that a while ago. I think the last time I, not this past time, but the last time I was out. And mm-hmm. Auntie Val said that the you had an auntie who had a really haunted house, maybe like Mary or someone. And she said that that's where someone hung themselves in the yard. Yeah, that was the, that's Aunt Mary and Uncle Stan's house, honey. Somebody, the person who lived there hung themselves in the maple trees. They had they had a row of maple trees on the side of the house and somebody hung themselves in that tree. Oh, and yeah. Did, oh, yeah. I hated I used to have to babysit there because Jody, like Jody and Guy, Jody was a year younger than I was. Hey, and I had to babysit when Uncle and Aunt Mary went out. Mm-hmm. I hated that freaking house. Was it creepy? It was like a beautiful house. I mean, because, I mean, she was a school teacher. He was a farmer. They looked like money or whatever. It was a beautiful house. It was had like a big farm kitchen. And then they had a living room and this sort of dining room area, like four or five bedrooms upstairs. Yeah, it was a big stone farmhouse. Whoever built that house at the time or years ago had some bucks and some money. But yeah, no, it was it was a really nice house, but it was a big a big farmhouse in the middle of a field. They had a really like long, long driveway, um, sort of like in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by some trees. It's sort of like they took a house and sort of plopped it in the middle of the field and put some trees around it. That's it. But yeah, it was freaking haunted. That house was haunted. Did anything happen to you in that house? Like, what did you see? Lots happened in the house with me. I, I said that's why I hated babysitting there because you never knew what knew what was going to happen and Jody and Guy were big babies <laughs> they oh, were no. no we were we were just raised different I mean I was the oldest had three younger sisters we were raised on a farm mom and dad raised us to be sh- strong independent papa taught us how to fight so that we could defend ourselves whatever I mean that's how we were raised so Staying at this house, my first thing is to check everything out. When I hear a noise, I'm going to check it out because yeah. you do, you know. And yeah, no, it's, uh, I remember they had a dog named Tippy, I think. It was just a little terrier type, short-haired terrier type, a cute little dog. And one, I was making, we were having snacks or something, and we were in the kitchen. And I remember there was a, a window above the sink on one wall. 
And then there was a big window on this other wall by the door. And Tippy was looking, standing in the middle of the kitchen, looking at that window, barking, barking, barking like crazy. And the hair on his back standing on end. Right away, I get a little gr- creeped out. I remember Jody and Guy started, Jody started to cry. And then Guy started to cry because he figured, well, Jody's crying, so I might as well too. I'm looking and this lady walks by the window. Okay. But she has one of those big plumed hats that they wore in the early 1900s. Yeah. Ooh, all my hair is like standing right up. I got chills like down my back. So is mine now. Great. I'm creeping myself out. I'm even burning sage like crazy in the house now. Anyway, yeah, walked right by. Wow. What did you do? I opened the door. <laughs> You're crazy, but go on. Opened the door to see who was there and said hello. And nobody was there. But I remember it was a blue hat. I'll remember that. It was a light blue hat. It'll brighten brain forever. <laughs> Creepy. And then another time I looked, Tibby started barking again. Another time that I was there, I looked out the window, that window by the door. And there was this, this is this after the first incident. So I learned to keep, I made sure that door was freaking locked. Not that it would help. I mean, if you're dealing with a ghost, it comes through the, the door anyway. Yeah. I don't think they care. No, they don't care. I saw a guy on a horse jump the fence. Yeah, but he wasn't there. <laughs> Weird. Uh, what else in that house? Um, you could hear people walking around in the attic. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like your house. <laughs> walk up and down the stairs. Your stairs? No, their their stairs. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> I'm just mostly kidding, but not really. Yeah, I know you're not kidding. That's it. I know you're not kidding, but okay, I'll, I'll just deal with it. Like, does Bella ever just spark at anything? Shut up, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yes, got it. Okay. And that's why you shut your door and listen to audiobooks at night. Yes. Okay. Because I can't sleep if I don't. I hear noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your house is fucking haunted. <laughs> I don't know, like, but you know what, though? It doesn't feel bad anymore, like it did before, but it feels like it's very, your house is more peaceful and restful now, but it always has noises. No, and I think before is because of the bad energy we had in here from Dave. I think that's what it was. I think it was the bad energy from him. Yeah, I feel like he takes that wherever he goes, probably. No, I think I think he did. I think he attracted better energy. Do you remember when I remember telling Mike that when I'm upset, somebody sits at the end of my bed. If I'm really upset and things are somebody sits at the end of the bed and I literally watch the end of the bed go down as if somebody's sitting in it. It's times that I'm really upset, like when Dave and I were fighting really bad. I'm trying to get him out of the house and I'm trying to make my plans or whatever and get this so that you guys would be safe and taken care of, et cetera, et cetera. That happened when he finally left and he was making my life freaking miserable. That happened. And then when um, Mike died, it happened. Really? Yeah. It didn't happen this time with Nana though, but I think that's because Nana's presence is still here. Like I, I can still feel Nana's presence here. I remember telling Mike about that and you know what Mike was like he didn't I mean he was a good Catholic boy unless he saw it like he's Irish Ukrainian unless he saw it 
He didn't believe it. So we went to the farm and um, we were going to go camping, remember, at at um, Arrow Lake or whatever. And so we left him here and you and I and Alice went. And I think Jared was going to join us later. He was working. We were gone and Mike was in the house by himself. No, it wasn't at the farm. We were at, this is when mom and dad lived, like Nana and Papa lived in Rossburn. They had just moved. And uh, we were going to go camping at Arrow Lake. And it was like 1.30 in the morning, like really early in the morning, that Mike called, called me. And I what's wrong? Did somebody, like, your mom and dad okay? Like his mom and dad and whatever? Is anything okay? He says, okay. He says, baby, remember what you told me about the bed? I'm never going to doubt your word again. Oh, no. Did someone sit on the bed for him? But he sat at the end of the bed for him. And he Whoa. said he, he would never doubt anything he said because he he just thought he says yeah he says i'm i'm married into a family of witches um, yeah basically he says yeah he says it's just a he says a coven of witches you you know and uh and i think he was quite proud of the fact that we were unique if you know what i mean he, he liked our quirkiness as he put it or whatever that's we kept his life interesting but yeah he he remember he phoned me he says i know it's late i had to call you he says i'm lying in bed I'm reading because I can't sleep. The house is too quiet. You guys are all gone. He says, I look down and all of a sudden the bed moves a bit. And I see it dip at the end of the bed. Oh, boy. I would shit my pants. (laughs) That's so scary. He said that all he did, he says he (laughs) took his glasses off. He put put his book down, shut the light off. And he says, I'm going to sleep. I'm just going to go to sleep. But he had to call me first. Yeah, I think um, he was so like quick to dismiss every time. Like, you know, when the stereo would go, it would like decide that it was going to change volume all the time. Or like the TV would just shut itself off or turn itself on. And he was like, oh, electricity, you know, other things. (laughs) Well, and remember we were listening to this. We had the radio on, the stereo on. And I remember we were sitting here having supper one night and it went from the radio, which was on like a classic rock. Cause I mean, let's face it. Mike liked his classic rock to a jazz station. And I, I just remember looking at Mike and he looked at me and he says, I didn't hear a fucking thing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. He wanted no part of it at all. Yeah. Like at all. We weren't we- fucking conjuring demons with Ouija boards. Oh, but do you remember when I had that Ouija board? Do you remember that thing? Yes. Oh my God. So I'm going to tell you a story about that. So I don't know where, where did I get that Ouija board from? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. I have no idea. You know what? I'm thinking that they found it at Value Village or something. Yeah. And thought, oh, this will be cool. Okay. So do you remember our neighbor, Bonnie, how she'd come over all the time? So her and I used to play with that Ouija board all the time and we would ask it random questions. And I think that Bonnie was just as scared as I was. But I remember one time, like, you know, I've always loved like mysteries. And one time I asked it, where is Amelia Earhart? And it spelled out sharks. And I was like, that's fucked up. And then we asked it one time what its name was. And it said Al, like A-L. Ooh, I got like my whole neck is like covered in goosebumps. And Bonnie and I asked it once, like, when we're not talking to you, what are you doing? 
Oh my God, my arms. I have goosebumps so bad that my arms are hurting. I, so we asked it once when we're not talking to you, where are you? And it spelled out watching you. And then it turned itself the pointer towards me. I was like, okay, that's fucking, that's absolutely terrifying. So I used to keep that Ouija board on that chair. Remember I had that chair at the little desk in my room and I covered it with a blanket all the time. And then, so I must've had that for probably three years and I used it once by myself, which I know you're not supposed to do. That's like classic fucking demon 101. But I used it by myself and the, I don't remember what it's called, the little the piece, the pointy yeah. piece, I don't remember what it's called, but it flipped itself and pointed like vertically. It just flipped itself up. I said, where are you? And it flipped, it like flipped up to point like up. And I was like, well, I'm I'm done with this. I think that was the last time I used it. And then years later when I met Jared, cause I was too scared to do anything with that thing. Like I didn't touch it. If I had to sit on that chair, I gently moved it in the blanket and I was so scared of it. And I got Jared to get rid of it eventually. I don't know what he did with it. I don't know. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that the other day. I wonder, because I know we got lots of, there's a lot of crapola up in the garage there. Yeah, no, he got rid of it. I think he either like burnt it or put it in the garbage. Like he like physically got rid of it. So if it's in the garage, like you're fucked. (laughs) I hope not. But no, I think he like got rid of it, got rid of it because he knew how scared I was of it. Yeah. But Jared never believed in ghosts until he moved in with us. Yeah. It's just us, I guess, whatever. I don't think it really matters. It's probably you because you're a fucking pagan. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably you. No, that house has been like that house had been creepy from the day that we moved into it. Like, I remember when I was sleeping in my room so many times, so many times I would hear a knock on the door. Like, this is not like a fun story, but like after sometimes after you went to bed, Dave would come downstairs to just yell at me. And he, but he never knocked. So like I knew that it wasn't him. But like I would hear a knock on the door and I would I would always be like super tense because I never knew if Dave was like coming downstairs to yell at me for something. So it was like, I would be like super tense and then I would hear a knock and a hello and you wait and then nothing like the door doesn't open. And then I would say hello again, nothing. And so like, I would say that probably happened once a week where I would just get a few knocks on the door and once in a while I would get up to look, but there was never anything there Mm. like ever. Well, I hear, and even now I hear things, but bumps and whatever, but look, I have Mike's ashes in here. I have Nana's ashes in here, and I have Tabor's ashes in here. You and Sarah are the dead people collectors. We're <laughs> so all of our family. We're going to just have a big shelf of all these cremated remains. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what I mean, Mike, Mike's waiting for when I go or whatever. Then we'll, you guys can do something with them together or whatever. Oh, I, um, I already told you I'm going to throw you into somebody's teeth off a bridge. That's only if the wind decides... <laughs> I will never forget the flavor and the way that my teeth felt when those ashes, every time I closed my mouth, it was like crunch, 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 crunch. And when I brushed my teeth, I'll never, I will never forget that feeling. Like warn anybody that it was happening and you threw it directly into the wind. What can I do? The wind came. That was just Mike going, ha ha, bitches. (laughs) 
Remember how much you didn't want to go to Paris and then you loved it? Do you remember that? Not that I'm gloating, but I'm gloating. Yes, I do remember that. Like we were booked before Nana passed away. I am owed a trip to Paris, universe. If you're fucking listening, you ripped me off hard. First of all, you killed my Nana. Secondly, you wrecked my dog's leg. And then you took away my fucking trip for my birthday. Oh, I got I got yes. screwed hard. That was not fair. So I am owed a trip to Paris. I'm telling you right now. Anyways, we're so, we're supposed to be talking about scary stuff. This is mysteries. Do you have another mystery? Not a mystery, but when we were, remember that? I meant to ask you about this too. I've meant to, many times meant to ask you about this. Remember when we went to see the poet Yeats? Oh, Yeats, yeah. Yeah, Yeats. that was that. I think that was just outside of Sligo, I think. Okay. We went to the gravesite there and the church, whatever. I thought maybe it was because I was tired or whatever. But I remember looking at a grave. Now, it wasn't Yates. It was some lady. Some lady. And she had died, like, young, like 21 or something like this. She was very young. I looked in the gravesite. And I remember thinking... How sad it was. It was probably childbirth, you know, because that's someone died from childbirth or whatever. And I remember thinking that. And I looked up and you were standing with Sarah by Yates' grave. Is it Yeats or Yates? I think it's Yeats. What, what, yeah, anyway, his, you're standing by his grave and there was a lady standing behind you. I could see a shadow of a lady standing behind you and Sarah. Really? Just that, you know, how you see something sort of at the corner of your eye. Yeah, I remember that. And I always meant to ask you if you felt anything there. Well, that whole graveyard, like, I think I had goosebumps from the time that I walked in because I I don't see a lot, but I like I either will feel it or I'll hear it. Um, But I don't see that much. Like I when I was younger, I did like at the Brandon Cemetery. I saw so much shit there. Like that place is horrifying. Like, you know, like that when Jared and I got like attacked and um, I saw I saw a horse drawn carriage there once and I saw a kid that was not there but like I was goosebumps again I was quite a bit younger though because that was when we lived in Brandon so I would have been under 11 it's funny how much like Melissa and Sammy and I when I think it was me Melissa and Jen we would always like just to hang out we'd be like let's go to the graveyard I think because it was quiet and there was no fucking adults there to pester us and we all had siblings that we like were like I gotta get away from my whatever so we would just go to the graveyard with our bikes and just hang out I don't know if that's like a thing that kids do but we did that (laughs) I don't know the Brandon graveyard I've always felt not good there yeah, I've never felt they should be peaceful. You know, I mean, you should feel a sense of peace. Random graveyard, no. But all the graveyards we went to in Europe never had that feeling. There, there was always that sense of peace. Even when I saw that lady standing behind you and Sarah, whatever. And it just, I just wondered, like, you don't have that same. I never had that same sense there. And we went to lots of graveyards. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually just editing some uh, older photos from Halloween in Transylvania when we went to the when I went to that graveyard there. And we were in like a big old graveyard. Everything was overgrown with ivy and it was so crazy. But like I never felt anything 
creepy there. I was there in broad daylight with a bunch of people and it was nice and sunny, but it never felt unnerving like the Brandon Cemetery or like St. Andrew's Cemetery. That place fucks me up. Like, I don't even like to drive by it. I hate that cemetery. It's every time I go there, something happens. Like that one time, like a rock got thrown at me. You always hear footsteps behind you. You always like get cold spots on your neck like I fucking hate that place and remember we went you and um Jared and I went that one night it was just before like it was late evening yeah it wasn't no it wasn't dark out or anything it was like late evening it was after supper one night internet one night that we went and we didn't um we couldn't go in yeah, like all three of us, as soon as we got in that parking lot, we were like, nope, something feels off here. And Jared and I have had that before, too. Like we had that uh, feeling by uh, Nana and Papa's place. Like when we were when everybody was at Rossman Lake, Jared and I went for a drive once and we both had we were driving, you know, those hills where it's like up and down and up and down and there's trees on all sides of you. We both got an awful like we started to feel nauseous. And, you know, when your skin starts to feel like tingly like it's telling you something is wrong we both had that and I don't think like I don't think he's as sensitive as I am so for him to feel that was like okay something is wrong and we need to it's time to go the St. Andrew Cemetery same feeling well if you don't have any mysteries for me right now maybe I'll just leave it at that since it's been an hour has it been holy cow in Rossburn though there is this is about for Papa he there is a, a monument to where a bunch of um, Ukrainian settlers mm-hmm. died. I don't know if oh. you've ever been there. No. Where? In Rossburn. It, it's outside of Rossburn. Okay. Um, and Dad and the Papa and I went on a, how is he, he calls it, a tour. Okay. We got in the car and we'd start driving around. And he knows that we have a thing about graveyards and these things. And he says, I'll take you to this place. It is they have a monument and I think it was 104 or whatever Ukrainian people, settlers basically froze to death one winter. Um, Really? Oh, that's so sad. And they, they say they died from influenza, which was a common thing then, whatever. But dad or Papa says, no, that's not how they died. He says they died because they were left to freeze to death. He said, and he firmly believed that. He said they weren't. He said they were they were Ukrainian immigrants. They couldn't speak English. The English in the area didn't care about them. Let them die. That's horrible. But we were there, and I said, you know, Dad. I said, I think I have to leave out of here. I said, this is really sad. It's a really sad. And he goes, Yeah, doll baby. He says you can almost hear them talking and Ooh. crying. Like, and he's right. You could. You could. It. It just had that sense and he said for a long time he couldn't he couldn't go in there he says because he could hear them and you could really? I, don't, I didn't know I took it for granted that it was a wind near in the bush or area or whatever where is that is it just outside of Rossburn or it's yeah it's outside of Rossburn someplace I'd have to ask Papa hmm. and he could he could give us like directions and we could go on a road trip but there's a lot of things out there there's a lot of I am um, honestly oopsies oh I bumped the table Jared's gonna be mad because it's always it always resonates really loud um but I firmly believe that Manitoba is fucking cursed and like nobody else believes me but this place this province itself has so much weird shit that people just don't even talk about 
like I have so many theories. I've I've started to like compile all of my theories about Manitoba so I can do one big episode on it. But this province like does not get enough credit for how terrifying it is. And I think it's like it really because we've had we've had so many residential schools. We've had like there's a lot of um mental unrest here and I really think that this land is fucking cursed. Like I'm I so stand by that fucking theory but I'm starting like I started to do a big list and one day I think it's probably going to be like a two-hour mystery episode because there's so many things about um you know I'm obsessed with like that David Pilates and the missing 411 all those people that go missing in national parks and um there's theories about granite and limestone and water and Manitoba has those in spades like we have so many lakes and not only so many but so many big ones like Lake Manitoba and Lake Winnipeg are huge what mom and deep and deep yeah like there's so many things so one day I'll do a whole episode on it but thank you for telling me your stories today I know the Marilee Brown one isn't a fun one to talk about but um, I thought it would be better if it came from you rather than me. So no, it's that, and I think about like I can't imagine what those poor family went through because you you let somebody you welcome someone into your home to take to take care of something that is the most precious thing in your life, your mm-hmm. child, the most precious, and you try so hard to do the right things. You want to do the right things, and they welcomed her into the home and I'm thinking I don't remember them ever calling me to talk to me to give her a recommendation I don't think I ever did I don't Mm -hmm. remember them ever calling but they hired her they welcomed her in their home and barely did this they they welcomed yeah a killer into the home I can't imagine how those poor people felt after I just so sad it is it's really sad and and I do I hope Marilee found peace I hope she has atoned or whatever. Yeah. Well, she's out now. Yeah. yeah as far as a- I know. Because I think Auntie Shelley saw her at the bar once. Yeah. I don't know. I hope she, as a mom, I hope there's some guilt there still. I hope you're human enough and caring enough that you do live with that guilt. Yeah. That's a pretty, it wasn't just a minor like hit and run accident. You know what I mean? Like you bumped into a pole in Walmart or something and left a note on someone's car. Like. Is a baby. You took another human life. Yeah. I don't very believe in capital punishment, but I certainly believe the people for that people should atone somehow. That they should have to live with that guilt. That that guilt should eat at them a little bit. Yeah. Because this poor family, I, I just God, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how they have about oh to go to sleep every night. Well, thank you for telling me telling that story. I know it's not. Like it's not a fun one, but I wanted to, I wanted to do that one for this episode. So thanks for doing that for me, mother, mom, mama face. You're welcome, daughter face. All right. Well, I'm going to hang up on you now. Thank you for doing that. Love you. All right, my friends. I hope you enjoyed that uh, discussion and talk with my mom. I just wanted to finish up this episode with a few fact checks. So If you have access to newspaperarchive.com, there are two articles that I was able to find snippets of that discuss my babysitter, Marilee. 
The first one is from the Winnipeg Sun and it's dated April 20th, 1988. And the headliner says babysitter found guilty of killing child. And then the second one is from the Brandon Sun Archive, May 24th, 1988. And the headline just reads, sitter gets 10 years. At one point, my mom and I are talking about being in Ireland and just outside of Sligo in a graveyard called Drumcliffe Cemetery, and we're looking at the grave of the poet W.B. Yeats, and I think we both pronounced it wrong, and it should sound more like Yeats. So, um, if you're if you're bad on <laughs> if you're judgy on the way people pronounce stuff, I'm I tried. I think it's Yeats. So. I did my best. And also the last one, uh, at the, the near the end of the episode, my mom is talking about going with my papa to a mass pioneer grave. And so I just wanted to give a little more information about it. It is a real place. It's located just outside of Rossburn, Manitoba, close to these little towns called Olha and Vista. And so this is the information that I was able to find about it. And it's from the website mhs.nb.ca and it says in May 1899 a group of Slavic settlers in what is now the municipality of Rossburn were camped at this site. They were stricken with scarlet fever and 42 children and three adults died. They were all buried in a mass grave, a stone monument erected at the site by the Parkland Ukrainian Pioneer Association gives all of their names. It was designated as a municipal uh, historic site in 1990. So that's it. Um, If you have any comments or any stories that you'd like to share, please send them to proseccowithtony at gmail.com. I really want to hear from you guys. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Prosecco and Ponies. That's it. Stay thirsty and stay spooky, my friends. Thank you.